All right, friend, what you going by tonight that you want to be called? Dre Nicole. Dre Nicole. Put your yeah. right hand up and your left hand on your word, whatever you decide your word is. All right. That's good. My word. All right, hold it just like that. Do you solemnly agree we have permission to post this across all of our social media platforms? Absolutely. Is there anything, and I do mean anything, that's off limits you don't want us to ask you about? Nope. If we do ask you something that's off limits, do you understand you can say no, pass, so I want to move on? I understood. All right, Miss Dre and Nicole, let's get it. I just been sworn in. Yeah, that's different. Right. I love it though. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody be thrown off by that. It be like, you know, like I never been to court before, never been to jail before. So, you know, the first time everything. I just been sworn in for the first time. I'm sorry, yeah. That's a good place to be. <laughs> never had no parking ticket or nothing. <laughs> I, had, I had to swear it. I <laughs> don't swear you in for that. You can lie on mm-hmm. those things for real, for real. I'm always not guilty when it comes to a parking ticket. I'm always not guilty. You're going to have to prove track me down a little bit. Literally, there's no pressure on your host, Bang em Bug. It's your girl, just K for real. And we got a special guest. She already introduced herself, right? Yes. Hey. So um, tell us where you're originally from. Uh, well, it's your girl, Dre and Nicole. I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. I was gonna say that. I just recently moved to Atlanta. So, you know, trying to get a feel for the people, for the folks. How long you been? Since April. Okay, welcome. Um, thank you. Hasn't been a full year yet. So, you know, I'm working it out, working out the kinks. What have been the kinks? Um, you know, people who, before you got here, they was they was on your side, on your team, and then you get here and and they trickle away. And, and it ain't nobody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm just, you know, I'm I'm figuring it out on my own, but it's okay, it's cool. Everybody got their thing going on with them. It's perfectly fine. I am resilient. I have endurance, and I'll be just all right. Amen. <laughs> okay. Um. What you? I ain't even. What you asking? Because <laughs> <laughs> she said she's working out the kinks of being here. Oh, okay. Okay, uh, so did you grow up both of your parents? Uh, no. It was just me and my mom. First, it was me, my mom, and my grandmother. And my grandma moved out when I was like about 11. And then it was just me and my mom ever since. My dad was in the streets, in jail. I didn't meet my dad until I was three. But he was in the streets, in jail, on drugs, crack hit him hard. Mm-hmm. And you know, but now he's my only living parent, and I feel like I have an extra child. So. I bet. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I know Chris Rock was saying like crackheads be out living like the the people who do the nine to five. Why y'all think that? Seriously. Well, I think I think my dad lived outlived my mom only because of circumstances. She she developed um, cancer, and I think it has a lot to do with, I'm actually in the middle of a lawsuit, it has to do with her working near the 9-11 site. Mm. I really think the air quality was bad mm-hmm. out there because there is a high number of people who was in that area that's developing multiple myeloma mm. cancer. Why are all these people developing the same cancer? And it's not something that you get hereditary. Because mm-hmm. I asked the doctor, I was like, do I have to worry about anything you know, do I have to start getting checked for this or whatever? And he said, this is the type of cancer that's just a bad luck of the straw. There's not even no DNA trace of it saying that it'll go from parent to child mm. or do the bloodline or anything. So all these people that work near the site, all are coming up with multiple myeloma. Mm. What is that? Right. 
What is that type of radiation or something over there? Oh, right, it, it's over, something like, going on over there. Because when when nine eleven happened, we both was working in the area, but my job moved. My job never went back to that area. Her job stayed. Her job stayed in the area. They just went from being two blocks this way to being two blocks that way until when she died. They was on the new site of the World Trade Center, and they had a spot in one of the buildings in Building Four. So it's just she just moved closer and closer to it. That's crazy. You know, it ended up with multiple myeloma cancer. So. Um, I think if it wasn't for that factor, I think she would have still been here. My mom was a strong, strongest person that I ever knew. She never been in the hospital, never been, never had no long-term illnesses or anything like wow. that. By the time we found out that she had cancer, she was gone within five months. Wow. Yeah. So, so um, give me your best memory of your mom. Oh, I have so many. That was my road dog. Like, and when I go do shows or whatever, my mom was always in the audience singing my songs, got her camera out and everything. I used to sing with an R&B band, and um, we used to do cover songs, and her and my godmother was always in the audience. My godmother was a groupie for the drummer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. she, she was in love with the drummer. And my mom, she just she just loved music and she loved me, so she came to every show. I have so many good, great memories growing up. I swear she did to be a teenage mom, she did the damn thing. Fine. She did the damn thing. She had me at 16, but she did the damn thing. I love her dearly and miss her dearly. You got kids? Yes. Mm -hmm. I have three boys. <laughs> I imagine that's better than having girls, bro. Like, I pray if I had kids, give me sons, but I don't think I would. Yeah, I always pray for boys, so I got exactly what I wanted. That's lit. Mm -hmm. You gonna have more? Hell no. I'm done. I paid my debt to society. <laughs> you got three out of me. You could, well, actually, you got two out of me. One is adopted. Mm -hmm. um, he's my oldest son's best friend in junior high school, and. You know, when things went left with his family, he asked if he could stay with me. His mom agreed. It was like a hood adoption. His mom agreed, and he was just with me ever since. He's been with me ever since. But, um, yeah. I, I paid my debt to society. Y'all got two out of me. I did my thing as a woman. Okay. I'm out. <laughs> my oldest is 25. Oh, okay. And my youngest is 16. Well, he's going to be 16 in August. Okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> What is that? Gang? <laughs> no, that's buzzing. Oh, that's not me. I think that's her, um, her line. buzzing. Crazy. I thought that was your point. It feel like it's coming from that way, like the vibration. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did get something two minutes ago, I guess. <laughs> okay, um, give me the most traumatic experience, um, as a child. The most traumatic experience? As a child, as a child, child, maybe like a teenage child. Under eighteen. Under eighteen. All right, cool. It's happened when I was seventeen. <laughs> so <laughs> it counts, <laughs> right? It totally counts. So, <laughs> um, when I was seventeen, that year was just crazy. I, there was a friend that I had in the neighborhood. We called him Solo, or whatever. Lost Solo, like, no, actually, let me flip that around. Lost my grandmother February 12th of that year. 
lost solo February 21st. Mm. And then my best friend's mom passed away March 1st. Mm. And it was all in the year that we was graduating high school. Mm. And it just bugged me out. It just felt like every week I was losing somebody. And if I, I used to be overweight as a teenager and I had lost like 65 pounds just because I was so stressed, stressed out about it. Like I didn't want to eat. I went to my prom looking fierce though. Okay. But you know, it, it was a lot. It was a lot to deal with that year. Mm-hmm. It was a lot to deal with that year. Okay. Um, a struggle you went through um, silently. Ooh. It was silent. It ain't silent no more because I wrote a song about it. It's called Motherfucker I'm Out. But um, <laughs> my last relationship was a traumatic experience. If you look up the word narcissist, I swear his picture should be like right there. He was like, yeah. <laughs> and an RV singer. So you know. He was on his light skin, pretty boy shit. But, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it turned into a really bad situation. We got to the point of violence. You know, I had to pull Nikki from the projects out the bag and forget all this girly shit and go off on them. So that was pretty traumatic. That was pretty traumatic for me because, you know, it, it's the typical thing. It was the love bombing in the beginning. Everything was so perfect. It's so great. And I thought, wow, like, I really found the one. And then all of a sudden, he just started witching on me like nothing was cool not even me using a gps in my car that was the issue because he claimed i would he claimed every time the gps said something i was putting his life in danger if i looked at the gps this was like a thing so you know, medication. <laughs> crazy. Like, I don't know, whatever, but it was it was really got that bad to the point where nothing I did was okay. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it went it went to blows. How long um, did you stay with him? Um, it lasted like about two years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The first year was great, the second year was rocky. Um it and it ended up in a fight on the street. And yeah, that's all I'm gonna say about that. Probably got ops on my live. I got the one. Okay. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. <laughs> you know, they gotta report back to headquarters. So you gotta keep them on. Right. Right, you need to start blocking people. It's just not even, <laughs> no access. <laughs> Fuck all that. So, so you single, right? Yep. So, uh, why well, I seem like most artists are single? Like, what's like, what's going on with? Always being single all the time. Well, I think when if you really deep into your craft, you end up meeting a lot of people that's deep into their craft. And when you're an independent artist, you're doing a lot. You're around a lot. You you always running here, there, and everywhere. And everybody doesn't understand that. And then a lot of times when you're dealing with another artist. If your movement is more than their movement, then it turns into a jealousy mm-hmm. thing. You know what I mean? It turns more into a competition. Mm-hmm. It is that other. Sometimes it's just easier to just be like. <laughs> did, you, did you date somebody? Because you know, when I was like heavy into music, most of the girls I would like, their music would be trash. Like, so <laughs> did you date somebody who like music is bad? I don't think I could because I, I would have to be honest. Like, <laughs> 
I gotta be able to listen to you. I know you're gonna come to me and be like, what you think? Uh. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a whole nother fight. And then y'all arguing because, you know, music sound like garbage truck juice. You ever tell somebody that stuff sound bad and they got mad at you? Or has anyone ever asked you how something sound? You told them it wasn't good and they got mad. Well, I think it's all in how you how you present it, right? So here's something, and I'll be like, you know, it's all right. I see where you're going with it, but maybe if you try doing this or try doing that, mm -hmm. instead of just coming out and say, nah, I don't like that. Do you get people receiving that nicely? Yeah, people receive that better than like, nah, I don't like that. You got to go do that over. Yeah. You know what I mean? I try to talk to people how I would want them to talk to me. I know everybody ain't going to like everything that I do. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. if I come to you for your opinion, I want your honest opinion. I don't need yes men. Yes men don't help you grow. Right. It don't help you try to think of something else. If everybody is saying yes, you're going to stay stuck where you at because you think you made it. You think you arrived. So me personally, if I ask for like, I don't know, I might ask for somebody's opinion on work, right? But probably nine and a half times out of ten, I already know what I want it to be. And I'm just mm -hmm. asking for your feedback. So if you ask for somebody's feedback, are you asking in order to change your work? Or are you just asking just to see what, what they're going to say? You know, I'm just getting the senses. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm probably not going to go back in and change it. Because <laughs> everybody that you ask is going to have a different opinion. You're going to go back in and change every time somebody say something. Mm -hmm. Like, nah, sometimes you got to be like, I said what I said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody gonna like it. <laughs> right. Somebody gonna like it as much as I do. Yeah. I don't care if they in Germany. Okay, you don't like it in Atlanta? Cool. We gonna play it over there. No, for real. Man. <laughs> we gonna play it in Germany. Be turned up. You know, we gonna play it over there. But somebody gonna like this. They gonna get this work. Right. <laughs> That's how I be too. But people who judge my music, I, I kind of look how they judge others. Because I, I remember I let one of my homeboys hear a pop lover, right? Mm -hmm. He was like, That's all right. And I was like, What? Mm -hmm. So it was just like, it's just like, I can't really expect their opinion because the shit I really like and hear, it's like, they be like, that's okay. And it'd be like great music. So I can't really respect it. But it's just, I'm, I'm looking for a reaction to see what your reaction going to be to, I ain't really just trying to get you to critique it for me to change it. Right. Yeah. I think that's it too. It's like, I kind of value my opinion more than everybody else's. So like ah, that's what's up that you think that, but I trust me on this one. Yeah. Right. We're just trying to get a senses. I do music mostly for my benefit anyway. Like music is really my therapy. I sing about what I go through. I sing about when I'm happy. I wrote a song in quarantine talking about going out and partying because I miss going out. Okay. You know what that's I mean? Right. Like, I sing about what I go through. So it is like. I said what I said. Like, it is what it is. That's how I felt. I'm, I'm not changing my feeling right. on this topic. So it, it's going to be what's going to be. <laughs> what's going to be. Okay, um, a mistake that um, helped build your character. A mistake that helped. Um, a mistake that helped build my character. You know, certain people being in my life, even though people don't always do what's beneficial for you at that time. They might not have been the right person at that time, but every situation comes across your table for a reason. And it's to help you get to another point. And if it wasn't for 
those mistakes, those people, those things, I wouldn't be who I am now. And I like me. You know what I mean? The good, the bad, the ugly. I like me. I'm cool and shit. <laughs> okay, um, a song that gets you in your feelings and why? Oh, my song is somebody else's song. Any song. It could be yours and like a, a big artist. Okay, I'm um, get two songs. Y'all seen the movie, right? Yeah. Okay. So when Angel dies. And the he's funeral? singing at the funeral. Yeah. There is not a time that I watch that movie and I watch that movie like a million times. There's not a time that I don't cry. That's my song. Oh my gosh. The words, when they sing it fast is one thing, but when he slowed it down at the funeral, it is, I'm about to cry now. It's just something about that song and that moment in that movie. It gets me. Every single and play. she hit that note. She hit that song, girl. Yeah. Every single time. Every single time. It's like my favorite movie. A girl. Is it like a musical? Or yes, I love musicals. I hate musicals. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite musical is Grease. Don't judge me. Yes. My first music video is based off of Grease because I always wanted to be the Black Sandy. Like, Come on, Black Sandy. Sandy. Black Sandy. So I had to do Sandy One and Sandy Two on my video. I love that. And I did it in Coney Island. So I did it at amusement park. <laughs> but um, as far as my song, what gets me in my feelings is my song "Motherfucker I'm Out" because mm -hmm. it's very to the point, exact. I said what I said. Fuck you. You don't know who you fucking with. Like I kind of go off like a rapper. But mm -hmm. I'm singing it. Mm. Yo, yo, Janae Aika. Yeah, and a lot of, and it's funny because like some people when they hear it, they don't know how to take it. They like, I don't know how to take that. You're cursing a lot. I'm like, take it as a feeling. When you're in an argument with somebody, you're not like, oh, baby, our love is not blowing in the wind anymore. Ah. You're not doing that. Right. You're like, you don't know who you're fucking with. I am not the one. Mm -hmm. So, and that's how I wrote it. Exciting. Okay. Sounds like um, a thriller. <laughs> Sounds like a thriller. Okay. okay. Um. I know y'all heard that already. I've been hearing it. I don't think that one. It wasn't. Okay. Um. Something you begged for and something you prayed for. Something I begged for. Are both of those the same? No. I mean, are you talking to the same person in both of them? Like begging to God or just begging in general? Just in general. Oh, okay. I was just like, something I begged for. Well, you begged to a person. You don't really beg to God, dude. God, please, bro. Please. Yeah. I don't do that. I don't do that. So, I mean. You probably, I mean, I was, it's just the part of the question. You could possibly beg to God. <laughs> you begged, who, I mean, I guess you begged to a person and prayed to God. Okay, something I begged for. I haven't done a lot of begging in my adult life, but, you know, right. we, all, we all begged our parents. Right. You know what I mean? Like, please give me those sneakers, mama, buddy. But, <laughs> um, I haven't done much begging in my adult life, but one thing that does come to mind is when I was putting together my first album, there's a song on there called You Made Me. And at the time, I was with a group called A-Train. And we had meetings every two weeks. 
where um, we get to pick tracks from the producers or whatever, and um, then we, by the time the next meeting, we would have to have the song written or whatever, and we have to sing it in front of everybody. And if everybody liked it, like if the census was like, that song is hot, then you went into the studio mm. and did the song. It was really like an artist boot camp type mm -hmm. thing. So I heard the track for You Made Me. Now, when You Made Me, the lyrics, usually I listen to a track and then get the words, but You Made Me, like the lyrics came to me in my sleep. So I already had these lyrics written down. And when I heard the track, I was like, that's it. That's it for the song. Like, my whole, I had goosebumps and everything. I was like, that's it for the song. <clears throat> and the head of A-Train, Mr. Peterson, hey, Mr. P, love you. Um, Mr. Peterson was like, you do too many slow songs. We want you to do a fast one. You can't have the track. Mm. I was like, what? Right. <laughs> like, I was so mad, I literally started crying in the meeting. Like I want and, Yeah, because I was like, I really wanted it, but I didn't I didn't do my begging then because my pride wouldn't let me do it. I just sat there with the tears and I was just like, all right, mm-hmm, okay. <laughs> the next song they played was a fast song. I was like, fuck it, just give me that. I didn't even listen to it. I was like, fuck it, just give me that. So then I get home and they they emailed me the, the fast track that I picked. And when I listened to the whole thing, I was like, what the <laughs> like, I can't write nothing to this. Mm. So then I called them. I said, look, because another girl had picked the track that I wanted. So I said, look, I tell you what. Why don't we make this like a little competition thing? She write her song to the track. I said, I don't even have to sing the song, but I have to get these words on this track. If you want to get it, if the song goes to somebody else and I get writer's credit, cool. But I got to get this song out to, on this track. So... She present her song in two weeks. I present my song in two weeks. And let everybody else decide who mm -hmm. gets to keep it. Needless to say, love her dearly, but nobody heard her song after that day. Mm -hmm. My song came in. Okay. And it made it to my album. So that was the closest I came to, I think, to begging in my adult life. I was like, please, just let me get these Try words right. on this track. Like, please. Just let me do it. That's what's up. You won. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and probably the biggest thing that I pray for is just um, I pray a lot, especially since my mom passed. I've prayed a lot for discernment. Just God give me the discernment so I can see people for who they really are. Because she was like, she was like my compass. You know what I mean? If I went to my mama and she met you and she said something was off, something's off, you gotta go. Mm. <laughs> something's off, you gotta go. So without having that main person in my life anymore, that moral compass, like for a while I was questioning everything that I did. I didn't have my sounding board. I didn't have the person that I went to with these things anymore. So I, I just pray for the power of discernment. Please let me see people for what they really are. Please let me see these opportunities for what they really are. Please, you know, just cover me yes. during this time. Okay, this is a quote. Um, <clears throat> say, no one makes a lot without a key. That's why God uh, won't give us difficulties without solutions. So a difficulty that was hard finding a solution. <clears throat> 
difficulty of this hard mind research. At my old job, mm, I got a lot of things, a lot of things coming to my mind right now, but I'll stick with what I started out with. At my old job, um, once my supervisor that I started out with, I was there for like 11 years. So once my supervisor, she left and he brought another person in. And me and this person just did not mesh at all. Like, when, um, when my, my best friend had passed away and because I called out of work, my best friend died on a Sunday. I called out of work that Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And I already had vacation scheduled. Me and that best friend were supposed to go on vacation that Thursday. Mm. We was coming to Atlanta, actually. <laughs> we was supposed to go on vacation from that Thursday to that Sunday. Um, so I called out the Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And I kept my vacation days because I was helping her mom and her sister with the services and this, that, and like. This was somebody that's been my best friend since I was like 15 years old. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I come back to work and my supervisor was like, um, can I talk to you for a minute? I'm like, okay. Go into her office and she's like, you know, I could write you up for calling out after a weekend and before a scheduled time. I was like, well, next time I will put an APB out to all my relatives, don't die. If right. I got a vacation plan. Right. Like, what are we talking about here? And it just seemed, from that, it was just downhill. I ended up quitting that job without having another job. I was just like, I quit. I had, there was a tour coming up, and I knew if I would ask for the time off for the tour that she wouldn't give it to me, so I quit. So I could go on the tour. I said, I'll figure it out in a couple of weeks when I come back from Cali, but I'm out of here. Right. <laughs> it's over. It's a wrap. So that's, yeah, that was an obstacle where it, I really wasn't sure of what I was getting myself into right. by quitting, you know, so it was scary, but necessary, I felt. Okay, um, something you did out of anger and something you did out of pity. Something I've done out of anger, I wrote motherfucker no. <laughs> that was completely out of anger. <laughs> oh, it's something I did out of pity. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. You ever had sex with somebody out of pity? Hell no. <laughs> Not even the narcissist? <laughs> no. Not out of pity. Not out of pity. No. Can you have sex with somebody out of pity in a relationship with or just like a friend? Yeah, I think you could do it if you're in a relationship with them. Um, like if at the point in time you decide you don't want to be in that relationship anymore, but some people they still want to keep trying or keep trying to prove a point or whatever. So like, yeah, you could be like, all right, bro, come on. Like, let's get this over with. And that's pity. I guess maybe I didn't have that because I was just, <laughs> the girl like she left like the day after we had sex. Mm, right, she, was <laughs> she just went ahead and did it. Like. Yeah, it was like all right, bro, come on. She didn't even like she. It wasn't like she didn't want to do it. It was just like 
You know what I'm saying? When you ask them, they just do it. You know, some girls, you gotta kind of turn them on. But right. She was with it. Like, so right. it was That's good. It's the last time. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, once I'm turned off from you, like, everything turns off from you. Like, I can't. I keep this, like, oh, don't touch me. <laughs> like, once I'm turned, I'm just. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. Mm-mm. Okay, I mean. Okay, something um you never give a check second chance for. <laughs> That's what I have to say. Let <laughs> me just laugh. I'm crying. Not the filter. Oh god. Um yeah, that narcissist will never get another chance. Like, don't even speak to me in the street. Act like you did, you can act like I'm dead. You good. Don't ask about my exes, just pretend. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's crazy because, like, uh, there's a few, I mean, they're from when I was super duper young, but there's a few exes that, I, like, I'm cool with them. I'm cool with them. They they might have wives or long term girlfriends now, and we cool. My kid's father, we cool. You know what I'm saying? You went your way, my issue with you is, is done. We're not together, but you still good to your kids, so. We cool. But this, this guy, I just don't see there's no reason to be cool. <laughs> be cool, especially if they crazy. Right. There's like absolutely, positively no reason to be cool. Good luck with your life. So um, you ever heard like if a guy always got a place in a woman's uh, bedroom, like if he a good guy and he got kids by, do y'all believe it? No. No. <laughs> Well, at least not for me. I feel like dudes be trying to act like we don't know how to detach ourselves from men. It's like, it's really not that deep. Especially like how she said, like, once I'm not attracted to you, then I'm not attracted to you. It's not going to just cut on because, I don't know, like, because you did a nice thing for your kid or something like that. I'm saying, but what if it never just went bad? Like, y'all split, but y'all was always, like, kind of friends. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, possibly, like, if the person's single, I guess I could see that, but if you decide to get into new relationships, then I I wouldn't think, like, it's a threat if you're in a new relationship, as long as that person is doing what they're supposed to do, for real. That's what's up. Okay, um, what's the question I just had? Okay, the last time someone words didn't, um, match their actions. <clears throat> My father. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, don't get me started on that one. (laughs) Like I said, you know, crack is a hell of a drug. (laughs) Well, (laughs) look at this girl. But, you know, that happens a lot. You know, since I moved to Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? I was told a lot of things before I got here. And once I got here, oh, now I know what it is. I'm sorry. I got another phone. Um, <laughs> I thought I put it on silent. Um, things is just not matching up to what they were saying before I got here. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, I got your back. And there's not other, like, okay, as soon as I ask for something, it's a, a whole issue. Like, I, right, 
I just, I ain't got time to sit up here and argue with you about what it. What you ask for? Oh, mmm. I asked to borrow something, something that was offered to me as long as I was using it for their purposes. But once I asked to borrow it for something for me, it was like, oh well, no, I don't think it. Oh, that was mad excuses. But if I was doing, yeah. Mm -hmm. But you know, if I was doing something for you, you know, you would have threw the keys at me. But it's cool. Mm -hmm. Cause my car was in the shop. It's cool. Okay. Um, so you never um, did drugs? I did when crack. I was young. Crack? No. It's <laughs> a no crack. <laughs> <laughs> no, I left that to my dad. That was his thing. <laughs> but um, as far the furthest I ever went was weed. Like, as drugs as I ever went in my life. Is weed a drug? Is it? I don't know that's if it counts, one. but... Cigarettes drugs, right? That's addictive, though. Liquor drugs. That's addictive, too. Weed, not. It's tobacco products. Weed is addictive. Like, some people got to do that shit before they brush their teeth. Bro. I think it's not. I think the it's weed now is, is like, poison. <laughs> I think they doing something to it. That's why they selling it and giving it out to everybody and got different versions mm. of it and stuff. Like, what the heck is Delta 8? Like, versus CBD and all this stuff. It's not just marijuana plant. Like, the plant wasn't addictive. But this new stuff that these, yeah, these junkie kids be smoking. Like, yeah, well, they got stuff that be having people in the street bugging out. Oh, that K-12 stuff that, that was around. K-2. K-2. Yeah. K-2. Yeah. I said K-12. And they experimented with that. <laughs> 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 they played with that in, in the jails first. Like, they had K-2, K2 in jails. And then we started hearing about it out here. So we see things experimented on. Then they released to the public. So it's all going to get to all them people. So imagine what they put in. And this stuff that they allow you to get from a dispensary and all that stuff. So I think it's that, whatever chemicals they put in it. But the original stuff was some good stuff. So if you reproduce with a guy who owned that kind of shit, you think it's going to affect the kids? I think so. Like, I'm scared of that. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Like, I can't, I couldn't deal with no unk. Like, a unk is somebody who got to smoke. Like, I need to roll. They rolling up while they smoking and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I can't be with no unk, bro. Okay, um, let's look at one more. Um, a person or a habit that was dragging you down, preventing you from being a, becoming a better person. Well, being a singer, a habit that I had in my younger years was I actually used to smoke cigarettes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being a singer, that, that ain't cool. Mm -hmm. That ain't cool. That's a no-no. So I felt like that was dragging me down. And actually, um, after the breakup with the narcissist, I had started smoking again. And I had to quit all over again after literally like 20 years of not smoking. Right. <laughs> and then I had, to, I had to quit again, but I'm cool. I'm straight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Because <laughs> I noticed it, it was starting to affect my voice, and I was like, oh no, we can't do that. No, mm -hmm. mm -mm. I need to have my outlet. Music is my therapy. I need to have my outlet. I heard singers, alcoholics, though. 
No, I don't even drink like that. Mm-hmm. I don't even drink like that. I, I've had a bottle of Crown Royale in my cabinet literally for the past four months. <laughs> That's what when other people come over. Right. You got something to drink? I got some Crown Royale. <laughs> okay. Don't get it back to yourself. Okay, let me. I guess I, let me do one more. Okay, okay. Let's just say um, you had a son like Dwayne Wade, right? Would you accept the child like want to become like a girl, or would you say we we don't do that in this family? Oh, that is very interesting because my oldest son is gay, mm-hmm. and he called himself gender fluid because. He, it depends on the day on how he dressed. Now he don't he don't go full fledged like yeah, makeup or anything like that. But he might put on a shirt that might seem more feminine than a regular guy. Then the next day he might put on something and walk out the door and look like Fifty Cent. Like you just don't know what you're gonna get with him on certain days. You know what I'm saying? He's really just. It depends on his mood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He'll dress either way. He'll go out one day and people mistake him for a female. Unfortunately, he's shaped like his mama, so he has a big butt for a for a boy. And he's always been that way because when he was three, I remember I bought him these pair of shorts. And I was like, oh, no, you're not wearing these shorts. <laughs> and I returned the outfit because I was like, why did your butt look like that? Oh, my God. mistaken him from behind as me so he has that that um that type of shape but um he came out to me very early he was 11 when he came out to me and i was like you sure like you sure sure you ain't experienced nothing yet so i just left it you you ain't experienced nothing yet we're not gonna settle on anything today but i love you anyway you're my baby or whatever we're gonna figure it out once it's stuck, it's stuck. That's my baby. Like we we figured it out, and he's pretty much the male version of me. It's, it's kind of cool, and he's keeping me from being a grandmama anytime soon. I ain't got to worry about that. With him. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess guys don't really think about that. Like if you get a girl with a big booty, you have a big booty, son. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. That outfit was a no-no. It went back immediately. Okay. <laughs> that outfit went back immediately. I was like, I don't even know why you're looking at my son's butt like that. No. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> okay, boo. <laughs> he's like. <laughs> is, he, is he straight, though? Like, yeah, he's straight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he can work out. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that back in the day on City Hall? They was always talking about his butt. Yeah, they got a skit where they blew up his booty, like. For real? Yeah, on City Hall. Not that old. They were probably living cover, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, before your time. Okay, go ahead, Kay, do your thing. Um, there, is there anything that our audience should know about you before we leave? Um, that we haven't touched on. That we haven't touched on. Well, there's a couple of projects that I'm on. Um, acting in a web series called Started From Scratch. Um, I'm also acting in a TV series out here in Atlanta. Started From Scratch is in New York. Um, here in Atlanta, I'm working on a TV series called Addicted to Shoes. 
Um, I just got casted for that. Congratulations. Um, thank you. I'm also on another web series in New York called Force the Sin. You can find that on Tubi. I play a social worker. I'm a social worker in one. I'm an Atlanta uh, elite person in the other one. And then I'm a crazy female assassin type. <laughs> and started from scratch. So it's three different characters. It's very cool. And, you know, just... If you follow me on Instagram at DreaNicoleNYC, D-R-E-A-N-I-C-O-L-E-N-Y-C, then you see everything I got going on. I perform regularly. If you want to come and hear Motherfucker, I'm out. <laughs> I will be performing this Friday. Um, the flyer is on my page. And, yeah, tap in with me. Okay. Um, literally, it's no pressure. I guess we're going to be right back with another interview, and we out. Okay, we're going to pause for like five seconds for the picture. Okay, appreciate it. Oh, and I forgot to mention the movie. Crazy and Range. It's okay. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> and I'm also in a movie called Crazy and Range, and we're going to start production on that this summer. Okay. That's what's up. Acting, acting. You